Hello, welcome to Simplify Refocus. I'm your host, Jaron Fox, and we have uh, quite a bit of material that I'm hoping to get through in this episode today because we are going to be talking about how to get a vision. Um, if you have not listened to the previous episode about um, a vision versus a dream, um, go back and listen to that one first. This one's just going to be a little bit more uh, uh, information on top of that topic. And so if you haven't listened to that one, listen to that one first and then come back to this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a benefit uh, for you. So today we're talking about how to get a vision. Um, and this is, good grief, this is only scratching the surface. This, I mean, I could almost dedicate probably the whole podcast to uh, the topic of vision. Um, but that's not what, you know, Simplify Refocus, it, it's not what it's all about. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other things, but there's practical uh, areas of life that's in alignment with, you know, what we're talking about with vision. But vision itself is, oh, good grief. It, it, it just keeps on. It's a plethora of, of information. So how to get a vision. Um, I'm, I'm kind of classifying it into like a two parts uh, within this episode. Um, and, and here's why. It's because I do think that people can tap into an existing vision. Um, and then that every vision is not like a brand new uh, vision. Okay. And, um, uh, I, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, if there's someone that you admire, there's somebody that's doing, doing the thing, right? I mean, they're doing X, Y, Z. And I do believe that people can tap into that and run with it along with their leader or along with their team, along with their company or church or whatever it is. You know, they're tapping into that, okay? They don't have maybe a brand new vision for themselves as an individual, uh, but they have it, uh, they're tapped into something um, um, of someone else, okay? That vision and trying to bring that to pass, okay? So I do think there is a two different parts here. And then the second part is is obviously finding a new vision. Um, how can did someone determine which way? You know, do I tap into an existing vision or do I find a new vision? I think many people that's listening to this podcast, um, you know, I, I think that people can tap into both, or the, you know, there's um, you know aspects of our life. Let's just say that you know you work for um, X Y Z company. And, you know, you have your mission statement. They've got a vision of whatever it is, you know, whatever the company, ex why it exists, because that's a question you need to ask about the vision, about the company, about the church, about the family. You know, well, why do we exist? Why does this department exist? Right. Um, if you can't answer that question, <clears throat> you're in trouble. Um, so, you know, determining, you know, like if, if we're part of a company, we're trying to determine what's the vision of this company. Um, and, and, you know, once that vision is seen, I think that we as employees can tap into that vision and to try to bring it to pass in whatever capacity that we work in, um, while also finding a fresh vision of a side business or a side hustle or maybe a, a vision of our household, um, etc. I think you can tap into both things and both visions. And I don't really want to dive into it too deep because one thing about vision is, is that you, you cannot put, uh, on, uh, you can't put boundaries, um, 
well, that's not the right word. You can't put a whole bunch of limitations on it and expect it to be a vision. Um, within vision, it's a tug of war between boundaries and and um, um, in innovation. Um, and the reason why is because you have to have some kind of gu guidelines because once again, like if you go back to the other uh, episode, you know, vision within itself, the batteries are included. Within vision, the motivation to bring it to pass is there. Otherwise, it's just a dream. And so you have to pursue this vision, this desired end result. But if you don't put guidelines, you don't put, to, don't put boundaries and try to protect it, which I'm not trying to skip ahead to another episode that I've got planned out on how to preserve a, a vision. I'm trying not to get into that one yet. Um, you know, if you don't have some guidelines and boundaries, then, you know, your vision is not going to come to pass because you're not disciplined. You're not focused, um, upon the end result. You know, you're not preserving it, you know, et cetera. It, the, the, the lines get grayed out, right? Um, but you can't, when you're talking about vision, you have to keep an open mind of where is this going and, and, you know, what's the end result and how big can, is this getting and, you know, et cetera, vision just on and on. And on. It's like the abyss. It's like the, the, in space, I mean, sky's the limit. Okay. So when, I think when, when we're talking about vision, I think we need to try to have a vision. But I also think that we can be a part of different visions. So I go to my job and I'm trying to bring that vision to pass, do a good job and do X, Y, Z, because that's why the company exists. But I also have a vision from my family. This is where we're going. This is what we're wanting to achieve, et cetera. Um, so it's really up to you and kind of determining and filling that out. You know, am I tapping into an existing vision or I'm finding a new vision? Um, but I will say that no matter which way you go, um, it's got to be something bigger than you. It's got to be bigger than you. If it's something that you can do by yourself, it isn't big enough. If you can financially do it right now, it's not big enough. Um, you know, so you have to think outside the box. It's bigger than you. Okay. So anyway, enough on that. Uh, let's look at tapping into an existing vision. So I, I just kind of pulled this up. This is from uh, U.S. News and World Report. And, and I was just kind of curious, you know, if I had invested into uh, the company Apple um, back, you know, when it kind of started and stuff, um, you know, how much money would I make now? And I'm trying not to read this verbatim, but basically if I would have invested, say, $10,000 um, at the beginning and I just kept on you know, uh, reinvesting, reinvesting the dividends, et cetera, et cetera. It would be worth like $7.51 million at the time of that article. So $7.5 million. Uh, um, I mean, calculate whatever that percentage is. I mean, that that's quite a bit. I mean, $10,000, not that anybody just has that just laying around like, oh yeah, I've got $10,000. I can just throw into, you know, some... Um, uh, garage shop business, you know, but if someone had done that, I mean, easily, you know, multiple millions of dollars. So someone, when we're talking about tapping into an existing vision, someone at the beginning has a vision. Okay. So like Apple, someone at the beginning had a vision. 
Okay, now they may have not had it all worked out and, you know, had it all planned out and all that. I mean, yeah, granted, you know, maybe they was thinking it would just become a, a, a million dollar company, you know, not a billion dollar company. But they had a vision at the beginning and they kept investing themselves into it, their time, their energy, their money into those early stages. And it started kind of taking off and they kept growing. And if someone that's not really in that garage, and I'm just loosely using this analogy, if if someone's investing in the garage business, you know, well, it is a risk. You know, you, you know, you hope that it's going to bring a profit. You hope it's going to take off and 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 bring a profit and produce more and grow more, etc. But you know, it is a risk. You know, and and some people. You know, you have to you have to determine how much am I going to risk in this? Am I going to invest ten bucks? Am I going to invest ten thousand dollars? You know, how much am I going to invest in this vision? And that's something that we all have to ask ourselves. You know, how much am I willing to invest? Um, the amount of profit now is not the same as if someone invested near the beginning. Okay, so what I've got here with my note, and what I mean by that is. If we looked at Apple today and like, well, man, I want to invest in Apple today. Well, it's going to cost you a pretty penny for sure because of how much the stock is through a broker. Um, but it the cost now is greater than what it was at the beginning just because of you know how much the stock was today versus then. However, the 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 um, um the risk factor may not be as detrimental today as it was then. Meaning, if you had invested $10,000 back then versus $10,000 today, well, today you're only buying like one stock. I mean, $10,000 is still $10,000, but you can be pretty sure that you're, you're going to make an investment, a wise investment today, um, and that stocks will grow and, and so forth. I mean, it's, I mean, that's still a lot of money. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to not use just Apple, but, you know, if you invest $10,000 today in an existing company that's already established, it's growing, it's already got a name out there, you can just look at the logo and you know exactly what it is, who the company is, what they do, and all that. One of those companies, right? Like a Fortune 500 or something. But versus $10,000 in a company... Not even the next door neighbors know that there it's a company, okay? So see what I'm saying is like, yes, ten thousand dollars is still ten thousand dollars, but investing in something today versus back then, the risk factor, okay? So when we're tapping into an existing vision, you know, where is that vision at? Is it the beginning stages? Is someone just now come up with this idea, this vision, this company, this you know whatever, uh, versus something that's already out there? So tapping into an existing vision can be a very profitable investment uh, to get into. And I know I'm using a lot of business analogy here, but this works for a church. It works for a ministry. It works for um, uh, your family. You know, if it's an existing family and it's a stable family household, that may be something that you want to look at. If you're in the dating, in the dating, uh, you know, arena, if if the family is chaotic and they don't know where they're going, they don't know what they're doing, and they're just floating by, and yeah, their finances are out of whack, and you know the risk of marrying into a family like that, there there is some risk. 
you know, um, versus this family is stable. They're emotionally stable. They're financially stable. Um, you know, the parents have been working their jobs for many years and it's a good industry. I'm, I'm just throwing a whole bunch of stuff out here. You know, that family household, the risk is lower getting into a family like that than it is otherwise. Because the emotions, the investment that we put, you know, into the marriage, into because you don't marry just the person, you marry the family. Okay. You're becoming a part of the family. Um, so just some things there to kind of consider that vision is a risk. No matter how little or much, or how if it's your vision or you buying into someone else's vision, someone else had the vision and you're just tapping into it. You're investing into their vision. And the risk factor could change. It could be the beginning stages. It could have high risk or, you know, it's going to cost you dearly if this flops. Anyway, so we are stewards of our money, our time, our energy, and we have to invest wisely. Uh, the danger is not just investing into someone else's vision and just hope that it works out or hope it brings a, a, a fruit. Hopefully it uh, brings a profit. Hopefully it turns out great and everybody gets along. But the biggest danger is investing into the wrong vision, something that brings fruit, something that does uh, um, uh, end up the way that the person visioned, but it's the wrong kind. It's harmful. And here's a good example, Nazi Germany. There is an article, it's on the, the holocaustexplained.org, and this um, um, paper, this blog, this uh, uh, document, article, whatever you want to call it, is called Economic Policy. And it kind of parallels to what I'm saying here, and is Nazi Germany, when it started, the Nazis infiltrated like the government and kind of started rising up in power and uh, started setting people into in these positions, into these leadership positions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they had a plan. They had a vision. And it took several, several years. You know, when we're uh, looking back at World War II, oh, Nazi Germany, oh, 1939. Oh. It did not start in 1939. The vision, the actualization, the infiltration, all that stuff happened years before. Okay. We're talking about like the 1920s, uh, maybe even before that, um, and, and with some of the vision and plans and so forth. But I mean, for sure, like the 1920s, I mean, years before 1939. And, and they're trying to take over. Then this person gets voted in, this person runs, this person gets this, this person gets promoted, whatever. And the economic policy, when they started working on the economics, they started investing. They started buying railroads. They started building roads. They started uh, uh, putting people in the power over the finances. And what they was trying to do is trying to, because as you well know, in the 1920s, there was the Great Depression. And Europe was in a bad, bad situation, especially Germany after World War I. And so, because World War One, it devastated the finances. I, I mean, it, it was awful. And and so, people during the Great Depression, money was very precious, and and uh, people was in lines for getting bread and all that stuff. So, Nazi Germany was like, "Hey, let's take what money we have and let's invest in railroads and roads and improve improve the economy." 
Because if they can hold the purse, if they can hold uh, the finances of Germany and better Germany and stuff, and the one thing that the article was saying was that they was planning the economics to supply and to fund a long war. Okay, so while everybody else was just trying to build their company up so that they can look after their, you know, whatever, purse strings and stuff like that, Germany uh, at that time with the Nazis infiltrating, they was looking at the finances so that they could fund a war. Okay, so when we're trying to invest in someone else's vision, we better make sure we're doing our homework of what the end result is. I don't want to invest my time, my money, my talents, my energy, whatever it is, into something, marry into a family or to invest in a company or um, invest in a, a department or a ministry or whatever it is. If if the end result that, of the vision that the leader has or the the company has or whatever does not match my values, I don't want to invest in that. If, if I... Um, oh, I'll give you an example. I do not invest in um, companies of alcohol. Why? It's because I don't, you know, me, this is me talking here. I don't want to invest in a company that's producing a product that I don't believe in, that I don't partake in. Okay. So I, I don't do that. That's me. Other people see things differently. So, you know, invest into products, companies, ministries, whatever it is, where the end result is in alignment with your values. It's not just the risk of, will it flop? Uh, you know, am I going to lose the money I invested, my time I invested, whatever? It's also going, okay, well, this takes off. This accomplishes its vision or it reaches its goals. Well, is that in alignment to my vision and what I, I want to be remembered by that um, uh, that's what fulfills me or whatever. You fill in the blank. I got to move on because we're running out of time. Whoo, already 18, 18 minutes in. Finding a new vision. Okay, part two. So it's got to be, be something bigger than you. A true vision is seeing the end result and feeling that tug towards it. Like the other episode, uh, the batteries are included. The motivation a true vision already has the motivation to actualize itself. There is a desire within that vision itself to be brought to pass. It's not a dream where I'm looking out the window. Oh, it sure would be nice to have a million dollars in the bank and just sitting on the beach and just, you know, oh, man, that'd be awesome. You know, and then you kind of snap out of and you go back to, you know, whatever you was doing. You know, a vision is like, man, I really want to see this accomplished. What do I need to do? What, what, what is the step by step, you know, to get there to do it? Okay. And not all the steps are going to be laid out at the very beginning. Some of the delays, the hiccups, the uh, barriers or whatever may not be known at the beginning, but the end result, because um, you still have to have the desired end result in mind. What is this supposed to be like in completion? What is the reality of this? And I use the analogy of the chair in the last episode. And, um, you know, you know what a chair is. It's got four legs. It's got a um, horizontal piece for your butt. It's got a vertical piece for your back. That's a chair. Okay. 
um, for for the person that invented the chair, whoever that was, whenever that was, you know, that person had the vision of what it was and they was bringing it to pass to where now I look at a chair and I'm going, yeah, that's a chair. I know that. I mean, everybody knows that's a chair. Um, and that's what we want is, is we want to make sure that we know what the end result is. All right. So how do we tap into that? How do we find a fresh vision? Well, we need to look for the need. No cell phone was invented without someone thinking, man, wouldn't it be cool if we was able to talk to our loved ones, you know, across state, across country or whatever, and no matter where we're at, no, no cords to, you know, try to, you know, carry around from room to room or whatever. Um, cars, man, wouldn't it be nice if we could get nice if we can get there quicker and we're not having to um, a feed a horse? Or airplane, man, I'm seeing birds flying up there. Man, that would be so cool if we could fly and we can fly over the water and, all, you know, electricity, crop growth, whatever it is, whatever the inventions are and the whatever the need is, find a need. If you want to find a vision, look for the needs. Because if we lose the sensibility of the needs, we lose the ability to see the solutions. I'll say it one more time. If we lose the sensibility of the needs, we lose the ability to see the solutions. Because a vision, there's a purpose for the vision. There's got to be. You know, companies exist. Why? Why does the church exist? Why does uh, uh, um, uh, the support group exist? Why? Why does that invention exist? Is because there was a need. There's people that's dealing with alcoholism that they 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 want to have a support group to help them. There's people that's dealing with drug problems. They need a support group, people that's going to come alongside them and help them. They're, the company exists to build this, to establish this, to provide these resources. Uh, the church exists so that you know people can be saved and go to heaven. You know whatever it is. And if we lose the sensibility to the needs. That souls need to be saved, or uh, uh, people need lumber, or uh, people need to uh, talk to their loved ones across the country, whatever, without traveling, you know, for months to get there to talk to them, you know, whatever the need is. If we lose the sensibility of the need, we lose the ability to see the solutions, and we will not get a vision. Okay, to wrap this up, at least part, at least for this episode. Um, some starting points, some points of kind of get you started of getting a vision. Talk to people. Talk to people um, in your family. Um, talk to uh, your friend circle. Talk to uh, people that you admire. Um, interview some people that um, has started the business or people that um, is already involved in something that you're interested in. You know, talk to people. Um, find needs. Talk to people and say, hey, you know, if you can invent something, what would it be? If you, if what would make your life easier? What would make your job easier? What would make your, you know, family uh, uh, more connected? You know, find the needs and then look at things differently and get a different perception. Um, you know, like uh, if, if, I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you've ever like done photography, um, you know, things, you know, if you're there in person and then you look at the pictures like, man, that did not capture everything there. Like if you're photography and you're taking a picture of nature, it's a beautiful sunset. 
and you're sitting there, oh man, this is such a beautiful sunset and this, that, and the other. I did that, I think, on the honeymoon. And we was on the beach and I took a picture of this beautiful sunset. And then I kind of, you know, a few days later, I looked back through my photos. I'm going, that photo didn't do it justice, you know. Um, but then pictures can also give you a different perception because we're, you know, I'm 5'10", 5'11". I'm always seeing things from a 5'10", 5'11", perspective. By taking a picture, looking up, looking down, you know, from a different angle, you know, whatever, it really kind of offsets things. You know, you look up into a child's face when you're, you know, within that photo. That's very different from, you know, adults' perception. We're always looking down at the child and they're looking up at us. But when you take a picture and you're looking up at the child, it's a different perception. You see things differently. So get a different perception, uh, step into a different shoe, uh, you know, go into a different department, look at a different company, uh, um, uh, invest in a different stock, um, you know, whatever, fill in like, make sure the past is in the past. Don't be rear view mirror driving. Okay. When you're driving down the road, you're not looking in the rear view mirror constantly all the time just looking in the rear view mirror because if you don't if, if well if you did you'd end up in the ditch you got to keep your eyes on forward you got to keep your eyes in front of you um you know be be present be in the present but look into the future and you can glance at the past to learn cuz hindsight's 2020 you can learn things from the past but don't stay in the past you know if it's in the past leave it in the past learn from it move on great but keep your eyes moving forward uh, remember, it's not about you. So when you're trying to find a vision, well, what, you know, a lot of vision is like, well, what about me? Well, what makes me happy? What makes, tap into a vision of the needs of other people, tap into a vision uh, that's bigger than you. Um, it's more, much more fulfilling. Um, and it, it, it will be a more stable vision. Um, but what are you passionate about? What are your talents? What are your abilities? Um, if you have musical abilities, great um that may play a part into it you know um if you're good with your hands of you know working with wood or metal or whatever that's probably a good telltale sign that you know that 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 will play a part into the vision so it will kind of be a stepping stone you know some piece of the puzzle so to speak and then last but not least write things down keep a journal find patterns okay so if if you're not sure Write these things down. What are my passions? What 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 uh, frustrates me? What um, what do I feel like people need? When I had this conversation with this person, what flagged me in that conversation? When I saw things differently with a different perception, what caught my attention? What did I see? Um, you know what what do I envision? You know, like I would like to see in the future, and then look for patterns. Look for patterns in your life of going, man. I'm always running into people that's uh, dealing with drug problems, and they, they they always saying that they can't seem to find somebody to assist them, to help them, to point them in the right the right direction, to keep them accountable. You know, you're always running into those people. Um, you know, or um, you're running out of lumber, and then uh, your friends, you know, in their businesses, they're running out of lumber. Well, maybe need to start a lumber company to provide lumber. You know. Uh, provide a vision of helping a lumber company along to get them moving. You know, where I'm, I'm just throwing things out there because sky's the limit. 
And so find those patterns, write them down, keep a journal. And those are just a few things to kind of help get you started on how to, to um, find a vision. We can either tap into someone else's vision or we can uh, find a new vision. Hopefully this episode was helpful. I know it's just scratching the surface. There's so much more we can say, um, but hopefully this was helpful and we'll see you guys next time.